Production. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone. It is October 6, 2015, and we are here for our first call for October. And I feel like September has, like, I know we met in September, but I feel like, oh, my God, that must have been, like, a zillion years ago. Okay, we got some other people jumping on the line. Is Melissa with us? Looks like she's muted. Melissa, are you in town? Melissa's in town. She's got her big event tomorrow night. Are you excited, Melissa? I am excited, but I have a query in to try to find out uh, the numbers for my audience, but I didn't get a reply from the library today, so it's still a question mark. I'll be there. Oh, great. Thank you. Yay, one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so how is tell everybody about what you're doing for those that don't know. And um then I got some questions for you. Me? Yes, you Melissa. Tell everybody what you're doing tomorrow night. Okay. Um I am presenting a talk tomorrow at the base library at Camp Lejeune uh, in celebration of National Work From Home Week called Working From Home Workshop. So I'm going to kind of talk about a day in the life, um, some business basics, and walk through the rap card that I created for uh, startups, and also share some resources uh, for working from home opportunities. Awesome. Now, how's this experience been working with the library on marketing the event? Did, have you started to find some lessons learned that you would add to contracts or for next time to ask other hosts? Well, it, it's been definitely an evolution because they talked to me in like March or April and it's finally coming to fruition after me constantly like pinging them. Um, and so the library does the scheduling, but then MCCS Marketing does the flyer, and that was kind of another holdup because I didn't get the flyer until three weeks out, and neither did the library, so then they can't post their registration link and nothing can happen until, you know, you have the flyer. Mm-hmm. So that it was definitely, I had to definitely stay on them in touch uh, so we'll see what happens. Well, good. Good, good, good. You know, and I always say, you know, one, the show must go on. I don't care how many people show up. You just do it and it's practice and it's always a learning. No matter how many yeah. times you've done, you've done something, it seems like there's something new that pops up that has never occurred before. And so you just kind of keep adding to it, and the things that you're you're um, you're mentioning, you're noting, just kind of go into your notes. That even when you start to develop another program, teaching virtual assistants how to go out there and do speaking, you add those things in there. If you're going to speak on base, especially because you talk about one of the things you teach is doing business on base. If you live on base. Now you have another thing. Well, if you're going to work with the library, <laughs> these are some things you got to stay on top of. Don't yeah. get sur- discouraged. Don't, you know, give up. Right. 
because it's valuable, because somebody else may just give up. Well, I never heard back, or, right. the, you know, it could be, you know, uncomfortable. But if they, you learn that's the way it is with them, then, yay, you learn something. Persistence pays is my motto. Mhm. And everything, you know, we, we learn with our businesses is things that you can teach others. Somebody will pay you to learn that. To remember that. So we got Judy on the on the computer. Judy, what have you been up to? How did you survive the the wonderful rain. I don't even know what we want to call it. It wasn't really a hurricane. It was more wind and rain. You can type in the chat window. I don't think she's on the phone. And Paula did... Oh, she worked through the storm. Fun. <laughs> it was an experience, that's for sure. Did you go to work today, Paula? Yeah, I did. Yep. It was good that I stayed home yesterday because I was able to take the marriage license that I needed to take to Jacksonville. And since there's nobody in the Register of Deeds office, I you know, hung out and talked to them for a little bit, which was always fun. And it's good networking. And mm-hmm. then I ma- mailed the other one. So that all worked out well. Oh, good. Good. And, you know, as we – and, Melissa, did you drive down today or yesterday? I drove down yesterday, so when I left, it was just overcast and windy, and then about halfway down, sorry, uh, I came into the rain, and I came through New Bern and saw Union Point Park totally submerged, so that was kind of a fascinating thing, um, and got in the town yes, yeah, yesterday. Mm. Yeah, it was... Um you know, it was a great reminder to make sure you've got a backup plan. And for me, I went to my daughter's because it was her birthday and then just kind of went early and just stayed until this morning, you know, to just because there was no reason for me to have to come back, which was a great reminder of I love the way I have my schedule with the flexibility. I just, you know, set up shop at her house, took some work and worked from, Oh, excuse me, her house yesterday and made them dinner, went shopping and did some stuff for them. And, you know, so when you have some time, you know, like these storms, I think it's kind of a good time to remember to count your blessings and realize why, you know, some of the nice perks you have with your business. Now, Paula, we need to get you to that point where you can uh, not have to worry about calling in to somebody. And you can just be um, totally working for you. I have done hurricane weddings before, but nothing ever compared to this weekend. Mm. How many did you do this weekend? Um, oh, two. You, you I had a rehearsal Friday night and a wedding Saturday and a wedding Sunday. The bride Sunday was determined she was going to get married outside at the Islander, despite the fact that it was pouring rain and the wind was blowing. 
And we finally convinced her that, no, it wasn't fair to her guests to do that. I was going to say, oh, my God. And Friday night was horrible because my daughter kept wanting me to leave on Thursday to go to her house, but I had the VA appointment, and I said no. And then when, you know, looking at the weather, it looked like Friday was going to be worse than Saturday, so I was like, no, I'll just stick it out here and drive on Saturday. So Friday was horrible. Yeah, I was out at, uh, in Swansboro on Friday, and thankfully the water hadn't come up then because we were at, I don't know, some restaurant out there in Swansboro. And, but coming back was challenging. And then Saturday, the wedding was fine. I mean, we moved the venue, everything. It was hot. It was crowded. It was, you know, not ideal, but it worked. And then Sunday was just, Sunday was horrid. And then I was supposed to have the wedding that I did tonight was supposed to be Sunday afternoon. But, you know, for the third time, it rained on them. So we tried for tonight and got it done tonight, finally. Now, what's your, um, what would be your cancellation policy? Do you have one for, like, I mean, it was bad. No, I tell people, you know, because I've married people in hurricanes, if I can, you know, possibly get there, you won't get married. You may not get married, you know, the day you plan, the time you plan, but we will get you married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tell them, you know, you got to keep a sense of humor and know that uh, the important thing is you're marrying the one person that you can't imagine your life without. And in 50 years, when you're sitting, you know, gray at your 50th wedding anniversary, these are the stories you're going to be telling. The bride on Sunday had called me, I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday, and said, you know, if the wind was too bad, the islander wouldn't have any staff there, so she was going to have to change it. And could I accommodate that? And it said, whatever we have to do, I'll do. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, but I don't care. Point, don't you, you know, I mean, because you had to drive home into the dark through all of that mess, right? Yeah. So at what point are you going to say, um, my doggy and kitty need me more than uh, y'all do? Well, it wasn't that bad driving home on Sunday night. As the bad part was getting out from the Islander because that road was flooded. But, you know, if it's going to be really, really, really bad, then that's the point where I say we've got to do something else. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago when Hurricane Irene came through, that was my busiest week. I had five weddings that week. And everybody got married, not exactly when they planned, but they all got married, and everybody kept their sense of humor, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Paula, this is Canella. Do you have anything, do you have actually something in your contract that will tell people what happens? Or do you, I mean, you just kind of wing it as you go? Um, I tell them, you know, if they're getting married August, September, October, I tell them, you realize this is hurricane season and we may have to be flexible. Okay. And I will do, you know, whatever I can, but just know that this is hurricane season and this is North Carolina and, you know, things happen. Yeah. I just hate to see it be a a true full-blown hurricane and somebody still being snooty-pooty and expecting you to be out there. (laughs) During Hurricane Irene, I was out on Emerald Isle after the evacuation order had been 
called, and I was also down in Topsville when there was an evacuation order. But you know, if I don't feel safe, then we we do something. But mm-hmm. most of the time, it doesn't bother me. Good, 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 good. So, hey, Ganella, what are you all up to? Did you guys have the food truck out this weekend, or were you all home enjoying? No, everybody everybody canceled everything. So the Saturday should have been the um, Monarch Band Invitational with three to four thousand people, but that got all canceled. And the rest of the weekend should have been down at Cedar Point Salty Air, and they, um, you know, unfortunately they got all flooded. So they've been closed not just a weekend, but they're closed up until this coming Friday because they got so much water. Oh, wow. So they, they are hoping and, you know, us including are praying that they will dry out by this coming weekend because um, this next weekend is Mullet Festival in Swansboro, so that's going to be a big festival weekend for the salt air market as well because you have all the shuttles that go from Cedar Point to Swansboro for the Mullet Festival. So, of course, they catch a lot of, you know, a lot of the business of people coming to to and from, you know, before or after the Moa Festival. So they kind of count on that or depend on that. So if they're not dried out or if we get more rain, um, there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going to lose out on a lot of money from this past weekend and potentially this coming weekend. So, you know, weather can weather can affect businesses, and you know, a lot. It can. I'm reading the comments. Melissa said she saw the receding flooding in Swansboro, Cape Carteret this afternoon, and then Judy said she was by there too, and it was really or so wet. Yeah. I've only seen the pictures, but the one thing that kind of shocked me, I know Anne was supposed to be down at the um, Wilmington River Fest, and they canceled, and at first they had yeah. canceled. And the comments online on Facebook were brutal. And then um, the Seafood Festival up in Moorhead City went. And the comments on Facebook, again, were were not nice. No. And I haven't really heard too much about how it really went, because it looked like Friday and Sunday were horrible. Yeah. I'm sure the vendors were not happy that they kept it. Well, either way, they wouldn't have gotten their money back. And, you know, that festival is one of the really expensive ones as far as being a vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, when, when you fill out the application that you're going to be there, they say rain or shine, and they mean it. But, you know, if you put out for like a, some of those food vendors, they, they put out about $1,000 just for the booth fee. And that has nothing to do with all the food and everything that they have you know, have to purchase mm-hmm. um, to to be prepared because a lot of times, of course, they're not going to cancel until, you know, play festivals or events that, that, you know, have the opportunity to cancel. They're not going to do that until the last minute. Well, you can't wait and either buy food or, you know, order your food from your suppliers until last minute. You have to plan all that stuff in advance. You have to you know, you have to schedule staff. You, you may have to do all this stuff well in advance. So it's a big hit. What do you do? You set up and you take a gamble that there's going to be enough people 
uh, come out on that one good day. And um, I forget which organization it was. It was some nonprofit that they showed on TV uh, for the seafood. They were talking about that, you know, they normally make, what, six or $8,000 over the weekend, and they didn't expect to make even half of that because they didn't even have the volunteers or obviously not enough people uh, come out because of all the rain and everything. So mm. it's not just it's not just businesses. It's these nonprofits and stuff that come and set up and it might be their one fundraiser for the year. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, living, living on the coast. Living on the coast or living on the beach is wonderful, but <laughs> well, and it makes you realize you do have to to um, one pay attention to the time of year, like Paula was saying. It's hurricane season, but two, you've got to know can your budget handle a loss? Yes, if there's going to be a loss. Mhm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not something, and I, you know, I kind of touch on it, I think, and maybe I, more than kind of, I do touch on it in that expo book, and Judy, I know you've read it, but it's not, you know, rushing into expos and jamming every week with them is not something to be taken lightly. No. It, it takes a lot of thought, and I know um, Joy was, um, I think you all know my Joy, um, Joy and Lynn, Joy Lynn Photography. Um, mm-hmm. She had made a good comment. You know, somebody was talking about, oh, just, you know, kind of suck it up, buttercup. And she's like, I can't afford to have all my artwork destroyed, I, you know, mm-hmm. by the rain. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, and that's a lot of the vendors are artists, crafts. Yeah. You can't have homemade quilts out there getting wet and soggy and Afghans and, you know, product labels being wet, and um, there's a lot to think about. Yeah. Other than just standing there worrying about if you're going to catch pneumonia. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, I guess I just, you know, I just don't have the tolerance for it, and it's maybe because, you know, I've I've been out in the field doing night stuff for several days in the cold, and the wind is like, I'm done with that. I've lived through it already once. I don't want to freeze my butt off. I don't want frozen toes. Done it, got the badge, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, you know, there's, like you said, Mullet Festival's coming up. There's all kinds of, you know, all kinds of stuff still coming up through the rest of the year. But there was somebody had was trying to put one together. I think it was in Surf City or somewhere for, like, Black Friday. And it was outside, and I'm think, thinking to myself, Really? Outside, um, not this girl. <laughs> uh-uh. Not standing out there, frozen toes. Mm-mm. Nope. I think we get so used to the idea that oh, we live in the south and it's beautiful. But we expect it to be beautiful, you know, twelve months of the year. And we lose the idea that you know, come November, October, November, it may not be so nice. In December and January, certainly isn't going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Paula, you too saying talking about you having a lot of weddings and and you know, well, me too. But you know, I think what a lot of our brides 
like you said, they don't think about that. All they think about is, oh, they want to have a destination wedding. They want to have it at the beach. It's going to be beautiful. And then they read articles that don't necessarily relate to, you know, being in our area, but they just read these articles about how to save money, book it in the off-season, you're going to save money. Well, off-season here means hurricane season. So, yeah, it might cost you less to rent that beach house in Emerald Isle, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. But, you know, they're not told that, and they don't think about that, and, and you know, so. Yeah, my bride on Sunday came from Texas, and she kept saying, I came from Texas to be married on the beach. And we kept saying, but it's raining. The wind is blowing. You cannot be married outside. She kept saying, I came from Texas. I don't care. I'm going to be married outside. She wouldn't be, I mean, how would you stay dry? Rain, you know, and rain just doesn't, especially on the, on a beach, doesn't just, it's not like the singing in the rain. It's more like Winnie the Pooh in a blustery day. Yeah. You couldn't <laughs> use an umbrella because the wind was blowing too hard. So it's probably three feet of beach. And she said, I don't care if my guests get wet. <gasps> Okay, now that I think is just a bit not nice. But she finally If you got an 80 or 90-year-old grandma out there, you better worry about grandma's health. Yes, and they were. Most of the guests were older people. And I said, you have to realize that they're going to get wet. They're going to come back in here. They are going to be chilled. They are not going to be comfortable. They're not going to stay. Looked at me, and she said, I don't care. <laughs> Right, Yeah, but she did eventually come around. She did okay, come so around. Okay, so she could and, stay outside and he could be on the inside through a window. <laughs> yeah. And everybody else inside, she could be blowing with her veil and her dress and her... And she would have been because the wind was a gale out there. And nobody could have heard a thing because the surf was so loud. And I think the DJ is what probably turned her because he said... I'm not taking my equipment out in the rain. I can't. Yeah. And so then she decided, okay, we'll do this. So, and it was lovely. It really was. It was far better than it would have been outside in the rain. But, you know, I said, if you are insisting it's going to be outside in the rain, we can do it. I'm going to cut my ceremony down to five minutes at most. We're going to say, I do, I do, and that's it. But everybody is still going to be soaked. I see Paula out there in a little Gilligan's Island, skip, you know, slicker, yellow slicker and a little hat. And <laughs> yeah, and it was cold, too, with the wind in the air. It was cold. I mean, you, you want everybody to have their most beautiful day, but you do have, you know, at, the time, at times they have to just pipe down and remember everybody else. <laughs> so... I think, yeah, the weekend was a good reminder to look at is your business set up so you can enjoy delivering your services the way you want? Have you gotten off track? You know, for me, it was a great reminder I'm doing exactly what I love. Portable. Can take it and go. But 
you know, good to review, good to review, and what would have happened, you know, how would you, what files, you have the lady, did you see the lady with the um, two Totino's pizzas and her dog? Did y'all see that interview? Mm -hmm. She had to evacuate, and they kept putting it off, and finally they were, her husband said, it's time to go. So she reached in the fridge, and she's being interviewed. Well, I reached in the fridge and grabbed two Tostinos or Totinos or whatever those pizzas are, and two pizzas and my dog, and we left. And they're like, well, and why would you take pizza? I mean, really? When she said that, I thought, pizza? Really? You're taking frozen pizza? <laughs> and I tried to rationalize. I guess I would have taken my laptop and Savannah. And I, there's probably been one kitty that would have let me carry her. But... You know, um, I guess, you know, most of our pictures are now stored in the cloud, which I, I know I've said this before. I went to a really good, you know, event at the college when I first started my business given by the SBA. Her name, I think it was Ellen. And she said, you know, you can't carry that fireproof box. The best thing you can do is save PDFs of, you know, your tax returns, your bank statement, EIN number, everything that would prove who you are to a thumb drive and to several. But, you you know, you have thumb drives in different parts of the country that wouldn't be hit by the same storm you are. So if you need to access those documents for FEMA, SBA loan, any funding type insurance even, you would be able to then have copies because you can't tread water holding that fireproof box. They're way too heavy. And what are you going to do? How are you going to prove who you, I remember her saying, how are you going to prove who you are and about your business if you don't have any of your records? So I always thought that was a good strategy to save them to a thumb drive because that you can put on your key ring and put in your pocket and then, again, have them mailed to family members who live somewhere else so they can access them. You're going to be in a panic. You're not going to remember all your passwords. And they can just, um, Judy says you can't dread. (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing. You can't dread water with people. They can't even be a flotation device. They're going to get soggy. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So lots of lessons to, you know, take some time to self-reflect on the weekend and the events. And she should have, Melissa, she should have grabbed dog food. Yeah, I don't know if the, you know, Miss Savannah would have been happy with pizzas. She would have said, you're only grabbing two. I'm going to take wine and the cat and the dog. I mean, what more is that, really? You know, and I think my daughter was one saying she saw people bashing hotels that in over in Colombia who wouldn't open up to um, pet owners. 
And Judy says, no, 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 Mel, it was all about her. You should have heard her accent. <laughs> no. But what did she say? It's all to stop her. It's all, what did she say? I just okay. remember the pizzas and the dog and going on and on. Yeah. I thought, oh, Lordy, and this is on TV. <laughs> yeah, and then she said something about it. it was just all, it wasn't just stuff, but it was all, uh, basically, that was it. It was all just stuff, and, you know, it could be replaced. And I thought, your pizza can't be replaced? Come on, lady. Grab something important. Your what? <laughs> Grab something important. Your pizza can't be replaced? No. Oh. Take something. <laughs> Well, I think that was when I started thinking, well, I guess, you know, if I looked around, what picture would I take if it's pictures? You know, you always hear people grabbing pictures. But luckily, you know, now I think we all have them out in the cloud stored. I thought about that, and I thought if there was a hurricane coming, I'm packing my grandmother's willow wear and putting it in my car and my bone china cups and sauces because those are the things that are important to me. I did say Everything I was like DD214, but I actually do have it scanned, so I wouldn't, you know, how am I going to keep it dry? But that would probably, my passport, my DD214 would probably be the only other documents that I would want to grab. Besides, I read on my niece's blog this week, she's a, uh, what is she, a travel agent kind of person, and she had written that you should, your passport you should scan and save it to an email, save it to, you know, the cloud. And then if you're somewhere and you, you know, out of the country and you lose your passport, most times that will be accepted. Oh, my goodness. And you're not going to be stuck in a foreign country without any way to identify yourself. That's a good way. Kind of goes back to what Ellen was saying, Say, scan everything to a thumb drive, which I don't even think we had the cloud back when I took that class, so... Now she would probably update it and say, save it to the cloud. That's why I love Dropbox. You know, you could scan your marriage license, your divorce degree, your DD-214, driver's license, passport. Again, she recommended tax returns, bank statements, things that you would need for applying for a new loan. Have all that scanned. And it would just be easier than having to go to each bank account, each credit card company, and pull the latest and greatest. If you had to go into, you know, one of those offices and prove who you are. So it's something, again, to think about and, you know, be ready for. I always think, you know, what would... You know, just even a disaster of a pipe breaking and your computer gets wet or some of your office equipment. Good time to make sure you've got everything covered financially. And then know, again, your own personal comfort of risk level for going out and having weddings or going, you know, putting your products and things at, outdoor festivals and events, can you afford to absorb? I remember when Ann and I did that walk in her shoes, it was super windy. A marine group tied their tent to ours, then they left and the wind picked it up and blew it over and blew ours and broke our tent. And of course they didn't offer to pay it, 
for fixing it or replacing it. But there was a gal who did Scentsy on the end of the row, and she lost over $300 of product that, because the wind knocked over her displays. And not once, but several times, her stuff kept, many people's things kept getting blown over. So, you know, wind is a factor, rain, like Joy had commented, rain on the artwork. And and she had gone out to Matthews the weekend before and did a big festival. And she said, you know, a lot of stuff got wet and, you know, just lots of considerations when you do out, out, outdoor things. So, think about that. Lots to think about. All right. What y'all want to talk about? Anybody have anything they want to go over before I jump into talking about what I want to talk about? Go for it. Okay. All right. We've been, you know, we've been talking about the big leap and all the the fun associated with the Big Leap, and I love um, watching comments some of you are making online and, and hearing you're able to identify other people having upper limit problems, sabotaging themselves, holding themselves back. So I think that's great. And now it's time to kind of up your game and Pay attention to what you're doing. Start really applying what you've been learning in that book. And, you know, it's one of those books I think, I know several of you have said you've gone back over and over. And I think it was Paula, you keep going back with a different color marker pen every time. And you discover something new you didn't read the first time. And it's kind of, I think, going to be like um, Think and Grow Rich. People say they read it every year. I think the big leap is one of those you pull off the shelf every now and then and skim through it, reread certain parts so you don't stay stagnant. So you don't, you know, so you move forward. That's the whole goal. You know, we're we're October now. We're into the fourth quarter, so it's time to really think about where you're going. If you haven't, you know, had a great year so far to change things up, shake things up this fourth quarter. Do something different. Don't be scared. Just do it. Just jump in with both feet and do it. So real quick, some other things here before I get into something else. Okay, new thing I saw today, four ways to navigate Facebook's new mobile profiles. Facebook, now mine still looks the same. I don't show a new one yet. So it's probably going to be, again, they trickle when it when it happens. Um, they've come out, they're changing the mobile profile. So how it will be on a mobile device? Your profile page. Facebook is making your profile picture or looping profile picture bigger, and they're going to move it front and center on top of your profile. So instead of it being to the left, it'll be in the middle. And it's also customizing which friends are highlighted based on who's viewing your profile. 
So people, they say, you know, people love seeing photos of mutual friends when viewing your profiles, the profiles of friends or someone they've just met. So now it'll be easier to see on Facebook. So again, that profile picture is being redone. Looping profile videos. Significant change Facebook announced is the ability to add a short GIF-like video in place of your profile picture. This feature is rolling out slowly and only to iPhone users first. To find the feature, open the Facebook app on your iPhone. I don't have an iPhone, guys, so I'll have to try it on my daughter's. Then tap the More button on the right button of the screen. Tap your name to access your profile, blah, blah, blah. And then you, in the menu, you'll see Coming Soon Profile Videos or Take a New Profile Video. And you can tap it and record a short video or upload one from your camera roll. So that would be a cute greet. You know, I don't mean cute in a, like a, I just think it would be cute, a nice way to have a short greeting. Welcome to American Dream Cakes. Check back every day at such and such a time for the cupcake of the day. Contact us for a wedding cake consult or something, something, something. You could change it seasonally with, you know, maybe you have um, a special of the week, a special of the month. Paul, a year's could just something about, you know, welcome. Share some tips and how to get hold of you to, book, you know, you could use it actually to direct them to click over here to contact me for a session or click, Melissa, click over here to your left or right, whichever way it's going to be with that in the center, click over here and sign up for my newsletter. Use it as a call to action, a welcome and a call to action, all in that little video, I think would be cool. And they're going to also, number three different thing, temporary profile pictures. Also new is the capability to to set a particular profile picture for a period of time that reverts back to your previous one after the time has expired. That would be nice, especially when I do like my uh, Twitter tip Thursday and, or my finish it up Friday and then I'm on Sunday and remembered I never went back and changed it. Or again, you could just do something for a holiday. Get creative with it or your um, vanilla with your your Friday in Cedar Point. You could have yeah. a picture that kind of says, don't forget it's Cedar Point Friday or something. Again, mm -hmm. you got to play with it to see how big and, you know, how it would look on there. But that would be cool if you could have something just on a Friday there. And they say users might choose this option, the temporary profile. If they want to support a sports te team leading up to game time, which would be me on when my Redskins play, or commemorate a milestone like a birthday, business anniversary, something like that. And number four, new profile privacy controls. The view as feature, which you can find on the desktop version of your profile page, has traditionally been the only way to see what others see when they look at your profile. Facebook is introducing a new customizable space at the top of your profile that pulls information from your About Me page and includes inline privacy settings. Information you have set to public will appear automatically in this section. 
which you can change. You can also craft a 100-character bio that supports emojis, which will appear below your profile pic. <coughs> Excuse me. And a new photo carousel will, hi- will highlight up to five photos you chose to showcase at the top. So, again, pick your five, you know, could be infographs promoting services. So, like, Melissa could have an infograph or a photo for her business plan, VA business plan course. Another one for Hire Me to Speak or a, an upcoming an event. Lots of different things you could do in that. So that's what's going on with Facebook this week. All right. Moving right along. Judy or Melissa says no iPhone. Judy says, I'm on Windows, and all right, so I want to talk about tonight, we're just going to start talking, can't cover it all because it's way too much, the CRISP principle, C-R-I-S-P, CRISP principle, CRISP in the air, we like crispy foods, we're going to talk about the CRISP principle, the power of five, is based on five tactics every business should use for maximum success in their marketing strategy. Because again, fourth quarter, time to up our marketing. So they're based on the power of customer relations, the power of referral relations, power of an Internet presence. I think we're all pretty good on that one power of strategic involvement, and the power of public relations. We're going to start with the first one. We're going to be talking and looking at, again, the first one is the power of customer relations. Do people even know we exist? A company's image can make lasting positive impressions or create confusion and misconceptions. High growth companies know how to effectively manage and present their image as a brand. If you accomplish this, you will have a distinctive image because you have established a strong brand awareness and a perception of your company that people can embrace and appreciate. With this comes loyalty and preference of your business over competitors. Are you effectively and consistently branding your company in the following four images? Physical image. This applies to your business location, and if you come to mind right now, I flunk on curb appeal because my plants are all looking really Kaputsi, and it's time to paint the front door and get all the fall stuff ready. So, again, curb appeal really takes some time, and we've, we've talked about this in the past, really just getting a fresh look at the outside of your business, your home, because I think most of us have clients come to our home. How does it look? 
You know, do you have the pumpkin that's already droopy and rotten and, you know, or what's going on there? Take a fresh look at, at your curb appeal. So again, when somebody pulls into the parking lot, sees the exterior, what impression do they get? What does your office communicate to someone upon walking through the door? Your home base, you know, again, we've just had tons of rain, so don't be too hard on yourself if you're looking today. And if you come to mind today, you'll still see these dried flowers laying on the floor because as we were trying to get out the door on Saturday, somehow... After I brought in all the stuff from outside, one sent off a chain reaction of knocking things over, and it was starting to rain, and I wanted to get on the road before it rained harder. So it was like, you know what, this can just sit here till I come back, and it's still there. So curb appeal, what's the impression when somebody comes through the door? And not only with the physical looks of things, but the looks, you know, and, and I hate to say it, but we're, we all are very judgmental. So the, the look of the employee, are they neat and tidy or do they need to iron their clothes, their uniform? What is the impression? And just think about some of the stores you go to or places you go to and what the impressions are. Does the person, you know, if they're behind a desk, do they stand up to greet you? Do they stay seated when they're talking to you? Oh, you know, just what impressions do the people associated with your business make? your employees, your vendors, you, do you have an expectation of how someone associated with your business is to dress and present themselves on your behalf? Again, that comes into your um, employee handbook, your uniforms, you know, your dress code, those type of things. That was your your visual. So start with the curb appeal and just do kind of almost a fall cleaning, a fall, you know, is it time to spruce things up for fall? Visual image. This is a graphic image of your company, including your logo, brochures, website, and other materials that promote your business visually. Make a list of words that describe how you want your ideal target market to think about your business when they see your logo or materials. So I'm just going to grab Melissa because I think of her busy bee. When you designed your logo, what what did you have in mind that people would see your logo and think of? Uh, industrious. Okay. Anything else? I'm thinking more like along the industrious, the busy bee, but with a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Because he's fun. He's not a... Serious looking bee. Right. He's fun. And I enjoy what I do, so I'm a happy worker bee. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's good. That's good. Ganilla, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. What does your logo convey? What was your intent with your logo? Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm tired. It's to 
to more portray, like I said, to to create. It was really to help create the brand of of who we are and what we do, mm-hmm. and and to you know to really give a visual and also a taste, if you want to, if you can say that, a visual taste of what they could expect mm-hmm. um, when they buy something from us, when they do business with us. And, um, you know, I think everybody that's on the call tonight, they all know how long I've been trying to, um, or been working on getting um, into a different location because my brand um, and everything, everything, everything else, uh, with the exception of my building, um, you know, the building and everything else does not go together. So I'm still working on it. <laughs> I think, well, you know, I think we're always a work in progress. I like Judy's comment. I think it says fancy cakes. What did she say? Fancy cakes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it says, um, of course, I know how painstakingly detailed the details that went into your logo design, but with the chef's coat, the beautiful cake, everything just shows to me an elegant, Melissa says, cupcakes with style. <coughs> I think it just shows, you know, it doesn't show the Susie Homemaker look. It shows a professional chef Yeah. with a beautiful cake. Yeah. Well, it was, it, it, you know, it was a female for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the colors were chosen for a reason because it's not common in the industry. It wasn't. Um, it's still not that common to have have that, you know, the warm chocolate colors. But by using the dark chocolate brown together with the cream, um, it, it really creates, it, it pulls in well for for both male and female because it shows the female um, audience or clientele, you know, the the class, the the high standard of the product or the logo lady itself, but the dark richness uh, of the color is at the same time kind of a masculine color and also being the color of chocolate makes people hungry. So it kind of all pulls together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm biased because <laughs> it's my it's my logo and it's my brand, but... I um, like it. I, I, wor- I worked on it, um, well... It, it took a long time before before um, it came together, but um, I, I love it as much today as, as I did almost six years ago when when they first started making it for me. So, well, good. I like it. Judy, what about your logo? What words describe what how you want your ideal target market to think of your business when they see your logo? 
Judy says, you won't see me. I'm your secret weapon working behind the scenes, so I use the thick red curtain to portray a stage, per se. And I think that's cute. I think that's good. Yeah, I don't think this really applies to anyone here, but a lot of times you... Um, We've all seen the people using the Vista print, and then all of a sudden everyone's got the same same business card, the same logo from Vista print, and it's good to go out on your own, whether it's through Fiverr or I think it's 66 logos or 99 logos or something like that, or you know a private graphic designer, someone to really get it right. I think that's really important. It's really speaks for the quality, the image. Um, you know, Anita did our logo for Our Mom's Best, and Anne got a call from one of the places she was putting in to be a vendor, and they said, no, you need to pay for this corporate rate or something. And she's like, well, why? And they're like, well, but because of the website and the Facebook Everything visually, they thought we had been in business mega years and were making like millions of dollars, that we weren't a new business and still, you know, in that startup phase. So visual is very important. Don't scrimp on that. Do not scrimp on it, you know, when it, you know, and you want to keep that same consistency. I think everybody here does. You've all been in business long enough. Um, but I know we've got a few people who don't come jumping on live, they listen and they're they're still in the formulating their business and that's fine. So for those listening later, remember what you to keep everything consistent, the branding colors, the your logo, your your or your picture, keep it all consistent. They're all going to tell a visual story. Now, the verbal images, this is what you say about your business as well as what is written in your promotional materials. You have a strong mission and position. Your mission statement, your um, do people read and know why you're better and different than others? What benefits? You know, it all goes back to that benefits. The 30-second elevator speech, which I can't stand, but really in 30 seconds, what do you do? If somebody says, what do you do, they don't, can you tell them? Can you tell them? And sometimes we end up kind of off, off course because we've taken a little bit different detour or gone down a different path. So you need to go back and look at your mission and vision statements every now and then and make sure, and even your business plan, dust it off and see what needs what needs some attention. But remember to focus on verbally the benefits. Why should somebody want to work with you or Use your products, your personal image. And I think we've all had our photos. Sylvia last year updated everybody's photos. I think it's 
I just kind of chuckle when I look on Facebook, LinkedIn. Sylvia did photos way back in, gosh, she's been doing photos for us for, gosh, maybe 2010, 2011. And some people are still using those photos. They haven't updated them. And I look at some and I think, good gosh, I've upda- she's updated my photos probably three times since then. And I know professionally I've had my photos since I started my business in 2006 updated professionally one, two, five times, I think. Every time I've cut my hair or, you know, put on some weight, I've changed my photos. I think it's I think it's misleading when you see somebody and they don't look like their photo. So again, this is the personal image, it's about the experience you create for customers. What do you want your customer to personally take away and share with others? What experiences do you create starting with the initial contact? And applying the crisp, the crisp principle, 60% of stagnant or negative growth companies claim to have a logo graphic and positioning for their business, yet they typically were not using them consistently or correctly. Most also had no idea of the personal experience aspect of their business or even what it was. So again, personal Image, it's not just you, but it's how you make people feel. It's the steps you walk them through. And we're going to be getting into this in a little bit more detail. So with this, again, 60% of stagnant or negative growth companies claim to have a logo and positioning for their business, yet they weren't using them correctly or consistently. You've heard me say over and over, keep the same photo on all your social media, consistency. I don't really use my logo anymore. I switch back to my photo because that just seems to be what resonates with people. Your image is among the most important factors in building a business that stands the test of time. Longevity in business can always be tracked back to an understanding the importance of building and living up to one's image, reputation, and promises. By bringing all aspects of your image into sync, it will become a brand to be reckoned with in the marketplace. Thoughts, comments. Good night, Melissa. We will see you tomorrow night. Melissa's got to jump off.
ask yourself, you know, again, what do you want to communicate with your physical, visual, verbal, and personal image? What does that look like? And sometimes it's just, you know, because most of you have been in business for a while, it's just kind of freshening up some of the things that we've gone over. For others, it's getting a clearer and maybe doing a big overhaul on some things. And it's partly knowing your clients and what do they want, what do they expect. And, you know, I think if um, I had one client one time, he was a auto body painter on base. And he would come over, well, at first he was going all the way back to Richland's to change clothes and then coming back to his session after work. And I finally said, don't do that. And he says, but I'm dirty. And I said, well, I'll just put a beach towel in the chair and don't don't waste all that time driving back and forth. And he still seemed a little bit edgy, a little bit un, uh, at, you know, uneasy. And one day he called and he says, I'm getting off work early. Would I be able to stop by on my way home for a session? And I said, sure, I'm cleaning a house. It was a Friday. Just let me know when you're on your way and come on over, but it's my relaxed, casual day. And normally I was dressed nice. Well, I did not realize till well, he actually said, okay, I'm on my way. So I'm, you know, doing the last-minute dusting, rearranging everything, getting the house picked up. And I did not, we had the best client session ever. He was so relaxed. It just went perfect. It wasn't until after he left and I looked in the mirror, I had coffee dripped down the front of my white T-shirt. I had not put on any makeup. I had just thrown my hair up in a bun and hadn't put on a stitch of makeup yet that day. And, you know, it was a good reminder. Sometimes you just got to meet people where they're at, and that worked for him. That, that being dressed like that wouldn't work for all my clients, but it worked for him. It put him at ease. So I've, I've learned with certain ones, you know, Savannah can be downstairs and sitting with them and licking the lotion off their leg and they're just loving it. Others, I need to be dressed up a little bit more because that's what they're expecting. So part of it is knowing your clients, knowing your customers, making them feel good also. Thoughts, comments. That was just on the brand image. Again, the physical image you're leaving, the visual, the verbal image, and the personal. Personal. And for me, I think I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job with, I would say, 98% of my clients, because they end up coming back every couple of years, they'll come back for a tune-up or something. And I know, Paula, you get clients coming back after they've had babies and other things, so I think that speaks a lot.
So we're going to move on to creating the um, memorable experience. And again, the critical differentiator between no-growth companies and high-growth companies is the ability to incorporate the experiential aspect into their branding. They understand that creating a memorable and appealing experience for all who interact with the business sets it apart from others. So again, your philosophy. What is your philosophy regarding how others should be treated? How is this incorporated? Now, it doesn't mean you got to put up with being treated rudely. But how do you interact and do business with customers, vendors, employees? Values. What are your values? What do you value? What do your customers value? And do you respect your values when you work with the customers and others? And again, sometimes these can be very tried by the most challenging ones who try to um, take advantage. So it doesn't mean giving away everything for free or being walked on all, all over, because not everybody's going to be your ideal person. You don't want everybody coming back, maybe, if they're the wrong ones. If they're the rude ones, no, we don't want them back. Approach. How is what you do different from your competitors? How do you approach working with customers and doing business? How will customers and experiences be different and preferable from what they experience with your competitors? Yeah, I, I saw somebody post, you know, I don't even know who said it, if it's a famous quote or if it's just something that's been common knowledge and it, I just never really heard, but you teach people how to treat you. You teach people how to treat you. Yeah. Um, and the emotional appeal. How does it feel to do business with you? Judy says that's true. What emotions do you hope to inspire when others do business with you? How do you hope your products, services, and capabilities make others feel when using them? So Judy, how do you want people to feel when they use your services? I'm guessing Paula wants everybody to be wickedly in love. <laughs> Judy says, like they have received value. Actually, I want people to enjoy their day, to have fun, and have it be something that they can remember for a lifetime and mm-hmm. not be overly stressed. I want it to be fun. That's that's the main thing. I want it to be fun and about the love, nothing else. Mhm. I think that's good. And outcomes. What are you ultimately trying to achieve for your customers? How are you trying? How are you trying to benefit them? What do they say about doing business with you? You know the the outcomes. And that's where really um, keeping well. Trying to think, Paula, how would you measure your outcomes, whether they they got married, whether they ended it and said, I do, or <laughs> yours is a little bit, I guess, easy. You want them to be happy, happy with the day, stress-free, and having fun. 
I know for mine, depending on which side, if they're the career side, I want them to get that job that they want. I want them to feel confident and see their capabilities. I worked with a gal this well two weekends ago, and then she's been in touch with just a few questions the last couple of days. But she definitely, even when I worked with her back, I think it was 2011, was the first time I worked with her and wrote a resume. She was hadn't worked for other than pizza delivery and volunteer work at the Red Cross or um, Navy Relief. And all of a sudden she was, you know, single mom with two, having to figure out how to support this family. And... She was good, you know, we had to work on the confidence and going out and interviewing everything. Well, she's had a really good job now, and she, last year I updated her resume, and then I updated it again, and we really, she finally was catching on about the quantifying, was able to really start giving me some good data, and when I look at where she started back in 2011 to now, I can't be prouder. I mean, she is just really doing good things at that company. But she didn't see it. And that's one of the things I love when I do the resume is people see it. It's like visual proof of how great they are. And I like knowing they finally see it. Um, that one's kind of more of an emotional thing for people, even if they're not actually always getting a new job because they're staying where they're at. It's kind of neat to see. That's mem memorable. Here's something to think about. Every business should define what it wants everyone who interacts with the business to experience. This is true for business-to-business -business operation as well as business-to-customer enterprise. Taking stock of how your business creates and maintains a distinctive customer experience will strengthen not only your brand and image, but also your bottom line. Whether you're a shareholder of one in your business or trying to keep multiple shareholders happy, never underestimate the power and impact the experience you create and manage on differentiating your business and keeping customers and employees engaged. So it's that experience. What do they feel when they leave? You know, whether it's buying one cookie or dropping, you know, $1,000 on a cake, how do they feel? And sometimes people, um, you know, just, you know, the employees, the retail people, the sales team, it's not so much that they're, they intend to come off rude, it's just, they don't know what to say, they haven't been trained in sales or really what's appropriate. Um, you know, they don't. They just don't know what to say. I worked with a young gal one day, and she said she enjoys when she's at one the one job. She doesn't like waiting on the people because she just there's just too many questions they can ask, and she doesn't know what to say in response to their questions. 
but when she works another aspect of the business, she loves it because it's basically they have limited choices and she's giving them what they want and taking their money. And it's easy. So, you know, you may need to, if you have somebody who's seeming a little shy or doesn't know what to say, educate them on the product. Make sure they understand the products and the services you provide so they can sell. So they're, they're comfortable selling. Again, it's part of that emotional experience. Because people can tell when others don't know. Again, memorable experiences focusing on your philosophies, values, approach, emotional appeal, and the outcomes. How do you make people feel? How do you make people feel? We're going to do one more section, and then we'll call it a night. So again, we're talking about really focusing on Um, I'm trying to think how to word it. The customer relation part. Go back to your mission statement. I want everybody to think to pull out their mission statement this week and look at it. A true mission statement will empower you to grow your business. When you read your mission statement, you know it should be driven by purpose, purpose places, um, doing what you do. It should be inspiring you. It should. Um, should make you feel good. High growth companies understand the power of having a strong mission statement and take it seriously. If you don't have a mission statement, then it could be part of the reason you're floundering when it comes to making strategic decisions. So think of it this way, power of purpose. What is the ultimate purpose for being in business? And if you haven't quite started your business, I know, Angela, you haven't started yours, but you know why you want a business. Go back to your mission statement. I think you've got a good power of purpose statement when you're listening to this recording. What is the ultimate purpose for being in business? People-centric focus. Are you keeping your customer at the center of why you do what you want? Are you taking into consideration how your mission also affects and inspires your employees and anyone associated with the business? Your mission should inspire excitement in employees and customers. And then distinctive positioning. Does your mission support how you are different in what you do and why you do it? Does it help set you apart from your competitors? Having a true mission that addresses a void, need, or desire will distinguish you and help your business and make your business one that customers want to know more about. And then inspires products and services. The most powerful aspect of having a true mission is that it puts you in a more strategic mindset. As a result, you will be able to identify products or services you can add before your competitors do in an effort to fulfill your mission and better serve your customers. 
true mission statement conveys a meaningful, relevant reason that your business exists. When it does, it will continuously present a world of opportunities for your business to expand. Best of all, it will give your business a, a distinct competitive advantage. Best part about knowing this secret is that many of your competitors may have also remained caught in the old mindset. So while they're just focusing on their capabilities and what they do, you can attract customers because of why you exist, especially for them. I think that's key. Why do you exist for your customers? That's a lot to think about this week, next two weeks. I'm going to stop on that one. And then next time we're going to start looking at really budgeting for growth, some growth strategies. Um, fourth quarter is always good to kind of start looking at for next year even. Are you paying for things that aren't worth, you know, aren't don't have a good ROI, all of those. So again, today we're just focusing or right now the crisp principle, the power of customer relations. Again, we're looking at creating a memorable experience, oh, excuse me, experience. The brand image, budgeting for growth, or I'm sorry, not budgeting for growth, that's next time, and your capabilities, your power of purpose. Take time to think about some of those. Listen to the recording again, and um, think about some of those and where you're headed with your business. And also be ready to start looking at some of these new things going on with Facebook. Again, things are ever-changing. Uh, I had, I know Melissa, oh, excuse me, it's late, had asked me about the blabs on Fridays. I did not do the last two Fridays of blabs, and I didn't do yesterday or today. Probably won't do one tomorrow just because i got a lot going on right now. But that's the beauty of blab. I'll be back probably on Thursday I'll do one just because I don't want to miss and leave everybody hanging. But I'm liking my following on Blab, good things with that. A lot of this all comes back to, again, engaging your customers, um, being in their face. Got to follow up with them. It's the little things. So any thoughts, comments? I know everybody's real quiet right now. People are dropping off, going to sleep. Melissa's got her event tomorrow at 6 at the base library. I, you know, If anybody would like to go, I'd love for you to go with me. Go support her. Oh. All right, you're all awfully quiet. Have a good night, Judy. Judy's got to hang up. So... Paula, you and the critters still awake, or did you all jump, fall asleep? We're still awake. <laughs> all right. For a while. <laughs> oh, goodness, I'm sleepy, too. Miss Savannah's snoozing beside me on her bed. Um. 
We still got lots of. I still have lots of ideas for you, Paula. We got to just somehow start implementing some of these. More programs for you. Um, All righty. Definitely bedtime, so I will let you all go, and we'll be back again. Remember, you got the Facebook room, you got or group, you've got your weekly reports. I think Melissa is the only one doing the weekly reports. Can't help you if I don't see them. So we'll be back on maybe the twentieth. We may have to play with this time a little bit due to my upcoming schedule that's going to be getting insane that week. I've got to double check it. We might have put the time back a little bit. So, or maybe switch to lunchtime or early morning. I don't know. So, I'll keep you all posted. Remember, it's time to start marketing, filling up anything in November. We've got all the big holidays coming up. Figuring out when you want to take a if you're going to take time off vacation and block it and then fill the rest of the dates. And remember, you can book your one-on-one with me through my website. We've got the online calendar. And as I speak out loud, I probably don't have October filled out yet. So give me a day or two and I'll post when I have October up and running. And you can book your dates on that. Anything else before we hang up? Everybody good? All righty. Everyone have a great night. Stay dry. Don't blow away and get soggy feet. I'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.